Geek Shock. Geek Shock. Up butt, coconut. Up butt, coconut. Up butt, coconut. Up your butt with a coconut. Up butt, coconut. Up. Dean, 80K, kill ya. <laughs> 80K? 80K. Cheap kill. I guess it depends on Kids what the target free. is, Kids are free. Two for one. Kids are free. <laughs> <laughs> pop, 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 pop. Sorry. Woo, woo, woo. Are you the killer? No, I'm Canadian. All right, oh, you're free to go. You're free to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you witness anything? But nope. officer, he's nope. got a note Sorry. that says it's Jimmy Poutine, and that's him. He's Canadian. He's free to go. <laughs> okay, then there. All right. Yeah. Yeah, he looks innocent. I think. We'll I just think let him so. Go. Yeah. Plus, he gave him some 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 of the Horton stuff there. He's got them Timbits. He's Tim what's he gonna do with some yeah. Timbits? I want the scene where all the Americans <clears throat> are making fun of him, and they're like, "Hey, look, it's Jimmy Poontang!" <laughs> <laughs> and you cut, you cut the Jimmy Poontine just staring at him, <laughs> and then he shoots them all. Sorry. And then he's <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Welcome, folks. This is Geek Shock number four hundred and seventeen. I'm Master Torgo. Eighties Jeff. Commando K. Ooh, shoot. Fact check, Andy. Commando K. Yeah, you missed some stuff. Yeah, you missed it. Oh. I had no underwear on. (laughs) (laughs) Disgusted match. (laughs) In other words, you didn't miss anything, man. (laughs) And we're the top freaking geek. Uh, We have some fantastic hats. Yes, we do. Oh, my goodness. We got a nice little Christmas package from Mandy. Thank you. Inside were these hats with our names on them. Which I can't I th- which get my hat to fit over my headphones, so I had to take it off. Uh, you got to do it like me. It's, it's, it spreads down a little bit. but Well, I, I tried that. I actually tried putting the headphones on over the top of the hat, and it wasn't working well. And so well, you're saying anyway. you're, you're failing at manspreading? Shut up, Andy. <laughs> 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 and she gave some wonderful Australian drink coasters and magnets and individualized Christmas cards. Maddie, thank you so much. It's so, so sweet. Oh, I've got a kangaroo. Wait, and, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Is that is that tablet like cleverly placed? Like you're like, I got a new tablet today. Is that what this is? <laughs> or what? No. We I've never playing, ever seen you with the tablets. We were playing the game earlier. Oh. Without you. This, this was my uh, uh, Black Friday gift to myself. So. Oh. But what is that? Tablets. Oh, it's a it's a Amazon Fire tablet. Ah, the new Fire HD10. Yes, mm. you're right. He was waiting to. Yeah, he was. No, no I actually was. Actually, wasn't. I was trying to do He's something. He's like, on "Are you here. sure? Fact check. Let me check my tablet." Also in the box, value sized Tim Tams, mm. original. Thank you, Mandy. That's just mine. I got, I got sick out. last time I ate mine, but that's because I ate a whole package in like an hour. <laughs> so there's probably that. Yeah, there's. <laughs> yeah, that could have something to do with it. Yeah. There's a serving size Maybe. on the package, and it's not even a full cookie. <laughs> I've been here too long. The serving sizes mean nothing to me now. Like back home, where I'm from, serving size, you have like, you know, like two crackers. Here in the United States of fucking America, serving size is you the, eat plate. the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. That played your serving size. Because we got the bombs. If you don't eat it all, someone's going to be starving in some other country that I was warned about. Good. Yeah. yeah. That's why we have the whole sleeve, because we got the bombs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My mom used to say that. I'd take the second cookie, and I'd stop, and she'd be like, Kirsten, we got the bombs. I'm like, Ma, I'm feeling sick. And she's like, you fucking don't talk to me like that. No, no. She doesn't say that. I was there. She said to you, are you a communist? Because we got to remember how old you are. Well, uh, but but we were. 
Yeah, I, I, I can back that up. I've I've, I've seen their stuff. I've got plenty of libertarian friends who will say I'll I back them up. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it actually was really funny. Uh, my cousin went to work for the Department of Justice a couple like two decades ago, and when he goes in for the interview, <coughs> the interview guy is sitting at the desk. He opens up a drawer, pulls out a file two inches thick. Bump. The Sapensky and opens file. It. And <laughs> no, it was just my cousin's file. <laughs> Oh. It's like it's like a a regular a regular American has like a two inch file, and on the first page the guy's like, "All right, so when she was in Poland, your grandmother was a member of the Communist Party," and my cousin's like, "Really?" <laughs> <laughs> so I guess he didn't get the job. So it, actually, he did get it oh, because okay. back in uh, back in the early twentieth century. You could renounce, and she actually did renounce the Communist Party. Also, he very convincingly said, "Really? Yeah." <laughs> but you could, she renounced the uh, affiliation and everything, denounced the party when she went for her American citizenship. So she got her citizenship and everything. Hmm. But it was really funny because that was not something we knew. Wow! But they knew. The things you get from Ancestry.com. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a leaf. And beside the leaf, there's a sickle and a fucking... <laughs> and a hammer. <laughs> and also a big thank you to Colonel John. Colonel John made us these fantastic phone holders. Yeah, he did. HAL 9000. Although... Uh, I broke one already. Yeah, Sam. No, that made, no. I'm, I'm, what? Did you really no, break I really, it? I, no, I didn't. <laughs> oh. Well, I was just looking over at how much further down the little front flap on the uh, on your your stand is than the rest of ours. So I was wondering if you actually did break it. <laughs> oh, I give it twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. Yeah. So before the podcast is over. Yeah, and they're glorious. Thank you so much, Colonel John. These are fan- handmade and absolutely amazing. They are very cool. And I still have to see uh, two thousand one: A Space Odyssey to make. Know what this Jesus is all about? Christ, I scared the shit out of me. I, I shouldn't I be surprised like by feet. this, but you don't—you haven't seen it. I have not seen 2001: Space Odyssey. I have it on no. Blu-ray. You I should—I should, I should it watch it sometime. You should. I should watch it again. I saw it when I was a kid in the theaters. See, I remember it made my mom throw up. What? <laughs> what, what? Wait, wait. Uh, why? I—I uh, I, spoilers. Uh, but there's like a big kaleidoscope scene in it that. The, oh, the, like kaleid- those- the kaleidoscope scene. Way to way to ruin it, Andy! Wow, <laughs> it's like it's like a tra- it's like the quote unquote like traveling down a tunnel kind of scene. scene. Is, yeah, it's just it's no. a little disorienting, but not. I I wouldn't have thought it was that disorienting. No one will be allowed in the theater after the beginning of the kaleidoscope scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So thank you, Colonel John. These yeah. absolutely rock. Rock. There's a lot of news today, gentlemen. Usually, There's this, a this lot. is the time of year that news slows down. So it kind of freaked me out today. There shouldn't be this much news, but there is, and it has nothing to do with the Alabama race that just happened. That's a, its own separate thing of news. Mm, yep. So I'm going to say, gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week? Oh, that was see. a switch. I thought we were going to skip that the way you were talking. Okay. I did absolutely nothing because I was in San Diego all weekend doing something fun at, and geeky? at a Christmas party. Oh, all right. So that's what I did. Did you go to the Gaslamp District? No. Oh. It was like on the outskirts in Del Mar area. Ah, okay. The Fairmont Grand Del Mar. Oh. So it was at a swanky little place. Mm. Really nice. Swanky's good. Saw Steve Harvey. He was there. Oh, okay. Walked past me in the hallway. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Did he say you were the winner?" <laughs> yeah, I was. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was going to stop, like, stop him and be like that, but I'm like, "No, we're in a nice place. I'm sure he came <laughs> here to not have idiot old me say that to him." So <laughs> I just left him. How be often quiet. is that? You think that happens to him? That someone stops him and gives him the win. I don't know how often, but I'm pretty sure it's more often than he would like. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure of it. I knew somebody who once told, uh, what's his name? Um, um, uh, Jonathan Brandis. No. What you talking about, Willis? Wow. Gary Coleman? No, the other one. The one who was Willis. Todd Bridges? Todd Bridges. Okay. I once knew somebody who said, what you talking about, Willis, to Todd Bridges. And he's like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. He didn't really have a catchphrase, so I guess it's no. kind of fair. Mm. Yeah, he's probably he over. He's no, like, actually, you know, guy, it was actually on a set, and, he, and, he, and this guy was instructing him how to use the fake guns. And he asked some question, and he said, what are you talking about, Willis? And okay, like, yeah, so yeah, yeah, I roll. All right, fine, whatever. <laughs> so, okay, you did nothing but hang out with Steve Harvey and not ask him questions. What else you do, gentlemen? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I built an island. You okay? What does that mean? I, I built a island and a wall for a uh, for a You're not corporate it video. It's a it's a it's a costume that's an island where somebody actually sits inside and it's actually designed to sit in the water, so it's actually waterproof on the bottom. Seriously, yeah, an island in the water. Yeah. Yes, it's a costume, and yeah. uh, once again, Andy disproving common statements like "No man is an island." Well, <laughs> guess what? Andy is an island. Yes. Jimmy Salonina, I think, was an island, actually, if I remember correctly. (laughs) You made a wall and an island. You said it was for a corporate corporate video, yeah. Okay. Light Forge is filming. All in all, Andy's just another brick in the wall. That's right. That's beautiful. Oh, and the trivia contest from last week, we won the uh, escape room. We did the escape room. And we kicked the escape room's ass in 31 minutes. What was the theme of the escape room? It was vaguely Game of Thrones-ish. Really? Yeah. Now, wait, what do you mean, like, vaguely? So, Ludmilla was there? Yes. <laughs> Boom. Hey-oh! Oh, yeah! <laughs> uh, it was um, Northern European kind of medieval with a lot of uh, family intrigue, a bunch of different families warring, and All we, right. we were trying to uh, gain the throne. You didn't sleep with your half-sister, did you? I'm not as far as you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, uh, Chevy Chase. Yeah. So, so what was the plot then? What were you trying to solve for? Uh, we were uh, there's a whole bunch of different puzzles that you're right. going through. I know there's a lot of puzzles, but there's there's always you you were trying to escape the room. You're trying to actually figure we're, something. You're trying to gain the throne. Actually, uh, uh, I guess I'll give the one little hint away at the end. At the end, you actually open the last door by sitting on the throne after you've solved all the puzzles. All right. And there's a trigger under the throne. There's usually a trigger in the throne. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you better pull that trigger. Yeah. I call it the flesh handle, but... Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, definitely pull that trigger before the next person mm. sits on the throne. <laughs> and lift the seat. Dick. Lift the seat before you go. Then put it back down. Come on. Don't be an asshole. So, so you we, won the throne. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we won, and we got put off. Uh, we were on the leaderboard. We we're like in second place for the, oh, the wow. month so far. So okay, yeah. second all time or just that for day? the month? Oh, for the month, nice. Uh, what would you estimate? How many escape rooms are there in Vegas now? I bet there's twenty five. That's a lot of escape rooms. That'd be my guess. Everybody I, wants I, to escape. I keep stumbling into them where I don't realize they are. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Literally stumbling I, into. I, I, I went to a. <laughs> <laughs> There's a group doing the thing. Yeah. Andy comes, whoa, 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 hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
Rock Smash! <laughs> oh, look, another escape room. Try pulling that off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, come on, Andy. You have to admit, you walked into that <laughs> one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Didn't yep. No, I was, at a, I was at a Christmas party yesterday at some restaurant on the west side of town. And two doors down from it was an escape room. <laughs> no, okay. Like, There's another one. Yeah, yeah, like Jeff's mentioned, the one just opened like a block away from us, and mm-hmm. we're not exactly tourist central. Yeah, in no. our area of town. Seriously, you know. there is it by the the geek places? Or? It's right it's, in. It's almost across. It's the where the Liberace from. Museum used to be. Okay. Oh, okay. That oh, makes wait. Sense. Yeah, I think I've seen that driving down. Yeah, the name of the place is Number One Escape Room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that sounds familiar. That's like pretty nail salon. <laughs> what was it? It, it, the marketing has a little something to be desired, mm. but that's the name. Restaurant, restaurant. I guess it's the first one you come to in the yellow pages if you still use that. It's but better right. than the number two one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that place is shit. <laughs> it's a real dump. <laughs> What else you do, gentlemen? I watched the Jim Carrey uh, documentary. Ooh, t- I've yeah, that was uh, interesting. See, you saw it too? Yeah. Andy Kaufman, that one? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Man yeah. on the Moon. It looks great. It, but is, is it as good as it looks? It is. It's very interesting because they're using documentary footage from the filming of Man on the Moon that's been archived for decades. Uh, has, has never been pulled out. <clears throat> and Carrey actually talks about not just the movie and Andy Kaufman, but his own career and his own career path. Um, and it, it, it's actually very fascinating. He talks about the, his movies relating to himself and his choices and how things changed after Man on the Moon. And He manages <clears throat> to look crazy both in the archival footage and the current footage, but crazy in different ways. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I love that movie. That, yep. Oh, yeah. So. Well, he, yeah, he, he, it's funny because we were joking about, or joking, we were talking about method mm-hmm. actors earlier tonight, and uh, he was, he was off the chain wacky for Man on the Moon. And he talks about it with great, um, <clears throat> how would you describe it, Andy? Uh, he's Reference? very circumspect about it. He, okay. he, he isn't, he isn't. Playing, he isn't being Jim Carrey. He like isn't he, bragging about it. He's sort yes. of stating it uh, matter-of-factly. This is what it was. And he's kind of aware of the fact that it seemed crazy and that yeah. it was really annoying to everyone around him. Yeah. Very aware. Very self-aware. Yeah. Self-aware. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. He kind of does that with the one that Nerdist is working on for when he did The Grinch. So mm. That still seems like it's something to be like college humor that's making fun of this documentary. It could be. But it was on, yeah. It was. Now he, uh, and he makes this one incredibly profound thing. Uh, he says in there because he's talking about his dad and he was like um, his dad uh, was a sax player a good one had a band up in uh, Toronto ah that's where and the hitman live yeah alright hey don't talk about Jimmy Poutine alright <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know the, the standard put you on you, ice if you really want to make it you have to go down to the states and prove that you can make it down there and he said, "Yes, that uh, music, acting, all the arts, everything—it's got to yeah. be down there." Hit Manning. And, uh, Hit Manning. Okay. <laughs> and no, there's there's mafia up in Montreal, Toronto as well. There you so go. So you don't need to come down here to do it. Yeah. So uh, his dad didn't do it. He had a family, and he did the. He compromised. He became an accountant, and then he mentions that when his dad was fifty-one, he lost his job, and. Comedy as well, sorry, comedy yeah. as well. 
but he his da- dad lost his job at 51. So Carrie's statement was, <clears throat> you can follow your dream and go after your passion and fail. You can also compromise and still fail, which I think is a really important. That's, uh, that's some, mm, you know, yeah, it's pretty profound. Le- less than telling people, go ahead and do your dream because just point out, realize that even if you compromise, you could still fail. So take that into consideration. Yeah. So it, it was, it, he was very, very introspective. That's the fucking word I was looking for. Oh, okay. And self-aware going through this. And it was, it was, it was really cool. It was very, very cool. I nice. definitely recommend it. Jeff took me on a little trip to Galactica 1980. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry oh about my. that. Oh, Je- my. Jeff got a Blu-ray set for Battlestar Galactica. It's yes. beautiful. And in it, it also includes Galactica 80. Yeah. Oh. I've never seen Wait, either one. What was the, bl- the Blu-ray set? Was for the original Galactica? Yes. yes. Okay. It's yeah, yeah, the original, not, the real not re- Battlestar Galactica, not, not the revamp. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this this is the, the 1978, and then the follow-up Galactica 1980. Yep. And if you don't know Battlestar Galactica 1980, which I didn't, which actually came out in late 1979, apparently I found out. Well, it it took place in the future. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey well, it's it's it, it fast forwards Galactica seventy eight by, by twenty years right yeah something like that to where they find Earth yep all right but Earth is a is backwater compared to their technology so they basically have to pull a Star Trek four and re raise their technology but doing it in the secret by sending town two two wacky guys. That don't know how the Earth works. Right. Two guys so, called not Starbuck and not Apollo. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, one of them's Boxy. Yes. That's yeah. right. Boxy. That's right. And the other Troy. one's Dick, uh, Dick Van Dyke's son. And so it's Dixon. Dixon. And it's I liked it. Wow. Yeah. I was. Ex- it, I'm not saying it's good. It's not. I'm not saying it's good <laughs> at all. Okay. But with the it flying was entertaining. Motor- with the flying motorcycles, it's a little night ridery. Dude, like like the room you, bad. You're talking season four Night Rider with the yeah, yeah. super pursuit mode. No, the room bad is its own special kind of bad. Okay. This, this is just like that. It's cheesy '80s sitcommy bad. Yeah. Okay. But I only saw one episode. I only saw that first pilot. Um, and so I think I, it might most go- people only saw one episode. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even get into the space children, which is just which really goes off the rails. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, trust me, it starts off the rails. There's no yeah. rails on this yeah. at all. But I was really seeing a lot of tethers to Star Trek Four. Yeah, whether was, it, I was just gonna say, yeah, he was pointing it out as we go, and I'm like, yeah, I hadn't thought about that mm-hmm. because I hadn't, I had not seen this series in. Decades. They've got their ships that land in the park, and then they stealth them. Yep. And and the uh, the person that discovers them is a little kid or whatever as they come up. There's the, we have to give the scientist, in this case it's nuclear energy, eventually I guess they'll give them transparent aluminum, but that <laughs> sort of idea. And there was even kind of a back and forth that was kind of like, I love Italian, and so do you. That that was in there too. It was really weird to go. Wow, I'm seeing a lot. Isn't I'm wondering how much of a Star Trek that is four. hilarious. Isn't there some line about we have no monetary currency or something like yes. that? Yeah, yes, that yeah. is almost exactly that. Yeah. Holy shit! 
Yeah, they, it's the two space That's hilarious. guys glomering onto the one woman that is going to kind of guide them. And and see and she can tell that something's not quite right. Yeah. What was the line you said? You're like, it's like the guy that wrote the script for Star Trek Four had a, you know, cocaine fueled fever dream beforehand <laughs> yes, yes. or something like <laughs> something like that is what he said. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Watch this on a cocaine bender. Absolutely. Yeah. There you All go. Right. Yeah, I mean, I saw it when it came out, and now you got me kind of curious to watch it again. It's, wow. It is fun, but it's not good. But no, it's, no. But it, it's but it's a fun kind of bad. As a, as a child, I recognized that it wasn't good. And that yeah. was hard because I... Yeah. Well, that's what I told him, too. I said, look, I haven't seen this since I was a kid. And I remember how terrible it was compared to, like, I was so excited. Like, yay, they're finally continuing Battlestar. And then I was like, what is this? Was <laughs> yep. Wasn't it just, like, the next year? Uh, okay, so Battlestar was in 78. And it literally was, like, not a not quite right away. Like, like then the next season, it was, like, a late... 79 mm-hmm. when they brought it in so you had i i want to say um if i remember correctly battlestar uh premiered in 78 but then it uh it finished the season run in like late 78 so you had almost a year i think it was between when mm-hmm. galactica finished and then the next one started so it wasn't like you know season rolling into the next season it was Kind of the next season, but it was only ten episodes for yeah. 1980. There was a show it, around the same and there period. Was, there was an extended period of time in between. There was a show around the same period called Quark. Okay, that was a science fiction comedy. And I think it only lasted six or seven episodes. I don't and I, I, and I loved that show as a kid. And I, at some convention, I bought a, a videotape of Quark episodes. Oh, nice. Okay, and it is incredibly bad. Yep, it is. Yeah, nineteen. So bad. I remember so stiff. when I saw Galactica eighty, um, <clears throat> when they open with the Cylon attack on Earth, which is a recreation to show what could yeah. happen. The the destruction footage was from the movie Earthquake. Yeah, I, I pointed Very that out to so. him, and I'm watching that, and as a kid, I'm Would, realizing that yeah. they're using that footage, and I was just like. Not which, sure how I felt about it. Which Earthquake is also a universal property. Mm-hmm. Like like all of the crazy, like that, that first episode Todd and I were pointing out, it's like this is all like recycled footage. Yeah. Like everything. Like it's recycled footage from Battlestar. It's recycled footage from, uh, from Earthquake. I mean, other universal well, properties. Well, it's like somebody that, in the editing room goes, well, what do we have in here on the cutting room floor? Oh, here's some stuff from Earthquake. Let's well, throw that in there. Even yep. Battlestar used the same launch sequence in every episode. Well, yeah, but yes. but still, the, I mean, the whole the reason behind it was because they were like, yeah, you can continue doing Battlestar Galactica, but you got to do it a lot cheaper. Yeah, that's the reason and they And that's why they got the to they Earth, and it was about being on Earth, and it was really... There were a lot less effect shots and stuff like that because it was all about making it cheaper but keeping the brand. Yeah, and then cutting costs by letting go of the majority of the actors that yep. were in the... Although they kept uh, Lorne Green and... Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the, Colonel Ty. Cr- yeah, the guy that plays Colonel Ty makes like a couple of appearances. And yeah. And they brought and on only Robert Reed. Yeah. And Robert Reed only knows how to play Michael Brady. So... Yeah. It, it's fun to watch him in it mm. with a mustache. Yes. Oh my god! He, that's, <laughs> wow. So yeah, if you can find yourself some uh, Galactica eighties, I, I actually recommend it. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> 
There you go. Well, I, don't, I don't necessarily recommend it, but we, <laughs> we did have fun watching it because I, I kept telling him, I was like, look, I, I want to show you an episode just to show how bad it is, but I'm apologizing in advance because it is really bad. Is there enough material that could MSTK it? Oh, yeah. Here's the thing. I don't think you can. No. I think it's one of those bads that's too good for Mystery Science Theater. Oh, okay. That you, there's some areas you can, but it's not bad enough for Mystery Science Theater. Okay. Wow. That that's it that's not quite a backhanded compliment. That's more like a, <laughs> a damning with faint praise. More yeah. like a front, <laughs> yeah. More like a front handed compliment. Yeah, really. <laughs> Kick to the nads compliment. I don't know. I don't know. A kiss with a uh, no tongue? I don't know. <laughs> and I'm back to reading Kings of the Wild. Ah, okay. So back to enjoying that. I actually had to uh I, I had to stop and read a book by accident, <laughs> if that makes any sense. I, I was Did you using, fall into an escape room while you were doing it? <laughs> uh, I wasn't crowned, so oh, I guess not. Okay. It was number four escape room. So, If you want to crown him, <clears throat> crown him. I was going on Libby. I was trying to find a good audio book to listen to. And I'd, I'd listened to Jonathan Mayberry's Joe Ledger number one. Uh, I think it's called Patient Zero. A while back, and it's like ah, I want to. I want to hear more from that story, so I wanted to go download the next audio book of that. And so when I downloaded the book on audio, it turns out I actually checked out the the ebook instead of the audio book. And so I'm like, well, I have a timetable to read this, so I'm going to read it. And so I stopped Kings of the Wild and I read The Dragon Factory, and I'm actually very glad I did. Uh, Joe Ledger by Jonathan Mayberry is, I think, it's a five book series, and there's some short stories as well. But it's kind of if you gave a modern James Bond except that he works for a group called the Department of uh, what is that? The Department of Military Science is what they created for it. And it's if James Bond was more of a special forces guy that went against near science fiction James Bond villains that are trying to destroy the world. Okay. So it has a near science fiction edge and being Jonathan Mayberry, a bit of a horror edge as well. Okay. I mean, Joe Ledger, especially in that first book, is kind of one of those guys that's really good at everything, and you know there's not going to be anything that happens to him because he's just too good at his job. James Bond. Uh, but the second book, Jonathan Mayberry decides to really hurt some folks that you really like. So, Oh, he goes to George R.R. Martin on you, huh? A little more so. And mm. so I, I was really impressed that he didn't keep the Joe Ledger is a man that can do no wrong. It's uh, that, that second book uh, is, is challenging when it comes mm. to some of the characters in there. So I'm looking forward to reading more, but I'm glad to be back reading Kings of the Wild. Uh, one of the things, that's the uh, book that Kay brought up a while back about ha- equating groups of D&D-style adventurers and calling them bands and treating them as rock stars, rock stars in, as we do now. Uh, I'm about 70% through the book. I, in reading it, it seems like a Terry Gilliam film to me. <laughs> That's, if, if I could equate it to anything, it would be Time Bandits, where yeah. it's more about the characters going through situations yeah, yeah, than yeah, kind yeah. of a real plot-driven no, thing. No, 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 yeah. No, the plot's very... Yeah, very bare, yeah bare it, it builds these characters real well. He's really good at creating these characters and adding to the group of characters. Uh, I'm really interested in how this is going to end, but it's a lot of fun getting there. But yeah, so if you like Terry Gilliam, 
films, I've, I would recommend Kings of the Wild. Right. Anything else you do, gentlemen? Uh, what else I do, Andy? I don't. I don't. <laughs> even. You decorated the hell out of the house. Oh yeah, I mean, I did my decorations. Well, now that you live with Kay, yeah, you can tell us what he did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so no, yeah, that's it. All so right. I decorated the house. Um, at the, um, did my usual Christmas decoration, and uh, it was that was actually interesting. Just having people moving through the house while I'm decorating and stuff, and. And, and and make making giant messes while you're doing it. Yep. Mm. yep. <laughs> well, they're building yeah. islands. Yes. Yeah. 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 And a wall. <laughs> he built a wall. It was huge. 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 Did you pay for it? <laughs> no. <laughs> and he's gonna make Andy pay for it. That's right. Oh. I didn't pay for it. It was great. Uh, so let's see. Uh, well, you already know that I got the the Battlestar uh, set. Yeah, I it gave was that on. Up. It was on Amazon. It was like super cheap, but I was like, oh, I can't pass this up. Um, also discovered that my Buck Rogers import that I thought uh, I was going to have to send back. I think turns you out to be about it on the show. That, yeah, the, I'm the, pretty the sure I did. But uh, I was reading a review for the Battlestar set because I was having an issue with the first episode that's on there. Well, the original issue is they sent you the UK version. Yeah, it, well, the Australian version. The Australian it's a, version. So it says, well, it says Australia slash New Zealand on the package, right. but only on the very bottom. And then when I went back on the Amazon page for that particular item, it mentions that it's an import, but doesn't say not coded for the United States. So you well, did, didn't send it back, so you basically felt you had some yeah. drink coasters. Yeah, I thought I did. And then while I'm reading um, this review that mentions the issue on that very first episode on the Battlestar set, uh, towards the end of the review, it mentions this is region. this set is region-free, much like the import set of Buck Rogers. And I'm like, wait, what? So I popped, I pulled that out from the... Uh, What's that? The, little, the Buck what? Rogers gift okay. set um, that w- I had sitting on the shelf over there. I pulled that out, popped it in the, the player, and sure enough, it, it loaded great. right up. <laughs> the only thing that doesn't work on it is there is a version of the what they call the theatrical cut of the pilot episode it's in standard. That it's sta- it's oh, is it? Yes. Okay. Well, it's oh, in standard definition, but it's encoded in PAL, so it doesn't play on uh, on our our player. Oh, that's but, funny. It's PAL. But the rest of the episodes are all in 1080p and work just fine. So, so yay. Cool. And then the <laughs> other thing was, and I, I know that one of our our fans mentioned this on uh, the uh, Shock Monkeys Lair. About Psych, about rewatching Psych. Psych, the movie was just on, and it's so chock full. Oh, of is geeky it? That's goodness. already on. Yeah, it was oh. on last week, Crap. last uh, Friday or Saturday. Psych. What, Psych. Was it, what was it on? It was on USA. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you know where it was originally. Do we, do we have that? No, nope. I have it. Okay, but Ain't anyway, <laughs> <laughs> cable, cable. I don't That's live funny. with you. It's, <laughs> yeah, no. It is. It is. Now that Andy lives with Kay. <laughs> Fun, uh, fun movie, full of geekiness, a lot of really subtle pop culture references. Uh, <laughs> one of the ones that sticks out to me is Sean, who is the the main character, is the psychic. Uh, every time he does his little, you know, fake psychic psychic reading, sometimes he'll, you know, say some kind of a pop culture word. Uh, 
But he, uh, when he was doing that this time, he put the finger to his head. He's mm, coffee, fifi. Oh wow! <laughs> wow! I just started laughing. Nice. I had to. I actually had to pause it and back it up because <laughs> I missed the next few lines of dialogue. But uh, yeah, it was ridiculously yeah. fun. Never got um, into psychically. I like I That's the, the first. You're, you're wrong. The first few episodes <laughs> were hard to get into. Well, I apologize, Andy. But it well. seems like once. All the actors found the voice for their characters. It just it became such an enjoyable, fun, light-hearted mystery series. Yeah. I, oh, actually, now that now that I think now that you, now that I think of it, he is he does come off as a jerk in the first three episodes, and he, he becomes a lovable jerk as he yes. goes along. Well, yes. I didn't mind that. It just if he's a jerk, that's fine. Yeah, he can get behind <laughs> jerks. Yeah, that's right. Matt's pro jerk. From Florida, remember? All right. <laughs> I uh, that's the, that's it, where that's we, where Jimmy Putin got his uh, assassin training. Yeah. Boker Raton. Yeah, Boker Raton. <laughs> the murder schools of Boker Raton. There you go. <laughs> wow, Jimmy Putin and the murder school of Boker Raton. That'll be the sequel. Yes, we're, we're going to have ourselves our own the it's, Destroyer it's, it's series. A, it's yeah. a prequel. Is it Putin go back to his training. or Putin? It's Putin. Keeps, okay. So Poutine. you're just saying it, poon team the, for the hell That's of it. right. That's the okay. joke, Jeff. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. It's Jimmy Poon Tang. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and he and just then they stares get killed. at them yeah, and then kills him. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> I uh, finished I the latest <laughs> season of Flash. That's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I finally bowled my way through it. It was really funny. Andy convinced me to bowl my way through it, and then when I'm telling him about it. He's like, yeah, I got to watch it. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah. I, I, well, I, I, tried somehow, to, I tried to convince you to bull okay, your way maybe, through it, too. No, maybe I confused you, too. Because <laughs> I, I swear to God, I was like, okay, Andy's telling me it's going to get better. I got to watch this. I'm so glad to keep you that, that, that Jeff said that because I was like, I don't remember telling yeah. you. Because <laughs> so, I was just, all right, okay. But, and it's a good thing, too, because there were spoilers. I was watching a big moment. When uh, Andy came back from shopping, and I like had to, I scrambled to like slap the Xbox off and stuff. But I finished the whole season. Uh, I went to uh, what I would feel is a pretty satisfying climax, not conclusion, <laughs> but climax. Sure. And um, I did enjoy it. So as you will a climax. Mm. Yeah. Well, you hit the climax, then you have the denouement, and that's you know. and and then you then you sleep. Yeah. Mm. Satisfied. Sleep. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm working my way through that stuff. I'm, I'm working through it in uh, IO9 order. I've, I've found a list on IO9 that shows which to order list, watch all the episodes in. So I've watched yeah, seven for episodes. Like the, for the whole Arrowverse kind yes. of thing? So I've watched, okay. seven, I've watched the first seven episodes of Arrow, and now I'm working through the first seven episodes, for first seven episodes of Flash. For some reason last season, there was an order jump. Because the, the way that, the, that they air the episodes, you have Supergirl on Monday... You had uh, Flash on Tuesday, and then I believe it was uh, Arrow on Wednesday, and then Legends was on Thursday. And then now they've moved it to Legends of Tomorrow is on Tuesday right after Flash. But for some reason last season, you would have Supergirl and Flash on Monday and Tuesday. They would talk about things, and then you'd get up to Arrow, and Arrow would say about something that had not happened already yet on the other two episodes. So oh. so it got like weirdly out of order for a minute there. And so like when you're watching Arrow you're like, "Oh fuck, that spoils it for no. for like next week." That's why I pull up the list of 
which order to watch them in because wow yeah yeah, yeah. and plus and plus it's yeah, like I say as you watch the, the order I see is like it's seven of one and seven of next so you're not like flipping back and forth between the shows you're you're we're watching a thread and then you go watching back and watch a thread. And yeah. then old like, Dominators little archive or the thing there. I was like, what? Because I didn't watch it in order. So I was like, huh? It's like reading the X-Men comics from the late 80s. Yeah, well, that yeah, was, yeah. As somebody who actually read them as they came out, there would be things where you'd go, Wait, wait, what? What did I miss? Was there? Yeah. Was there was something in another book that I missed? Or yes, and, and it was. often no, often it wasn't. Oh well, you often mean was, like Claremont's yes, writing? Yes, Claremont just jumping into like, I mean, Days of Future Past. I was like, what the hell happened? That was <laughs> yeah, so awesome though. Like yeah, it this was year, amazing. But this year, um, I'm glad I had I had gotten behind on like the first few episodes of the DC CW stuff because they spoiled the season premiere of Arrow on The Flash. So, thank goodness I had skipped over that because uh, I got behind on the DVR and I watched The Flash, or excuse me, I watched Arrow first because they had a cliffhanger season finale last year and then you know, she had to find out, you know, the who survived kind of thing on the beginning of this episode, which if I'd watched The Flash, I would have already found out. Because they talk about it like right at the very first five minutes of the Flash. Wow! So thank God the I, I kind of watched so, it out of order. Yeah, he comes speeding in. He goes, hey, "By the way, it looks right at the camera. Uh, this guy survives. This guy survives. This guy speeds <laughs> hey, away." Jeff. Hey Jeff, well, it wasn't that blatant? What? No, no, that's, that's what he's. Flash is like, "Hey Jeff, yeah, this is what happened." <laughs> yeah, I uh, I watched, <laughs> and then and then he goes off screen, and they goes flashing back. Oh, by the way, spoiler alert, and then yeah, shoots yeah, out. Yeah, and you're yeah, like, exactly. "God damn it!" Oh, which episode? No, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, no, he's not dead. Fucker. Um, I um, watched Kevin Smith, Fat Man on Batman, because Grant Morrison was on. He's promoting Happy. Oh, uh, which I saw, and it's yeah, awesome. They, they were finish, talking, yeah, finish your story. I'll talking come back about to how yeah. Well, it, it's just a side note because before they get the Morrison, Smith spoils like Flash, Arrow. Oh wow! And, <laughs> in like the first three minutes of the fucking thing. And and it, it's really funny because he he's sort of like yeah you know because like spoiler alert so they get married and blah 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 and it's just like oh Jesus so I got a whole bunch of shit for the seasons that are not on Netflix yet <laughs> that I already know happened mm. so uh, goddamn high bastard yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny a woman talks about um she uh, she had a near death experience she was actually uh, and um. And he knew about it. I don't know if she was at uh, a recording of something or he just knew about it from, uh, it was like LA News or something. Because he's like, oh, you're the one that had the blah, blah, you know, how, you, right? And she's, he's like, did you go on the other side? Did you experience? And she's like, yeah. I mean, he's like, well, what was it like? Well, and it was so funny because the way she said it, she's like, you really want to know? And the way she said it, Smith's eyes just bugged out of his head. And he's like, well, I don't know now. <laughs> like you know, but it was it was it, that conversation, which with a Grant Morrison appearance, no less. Oh, of course, is was very surreal and appropriate. Mr. Wizard himself. Yeah, mm. but it was it was it was interesting. So, and uh, anyway, that's oh, all. It was okay. I was just saying because Happy was bizarre, fun, crazy. I mean, just. It's a good. It's that's only seen the first episode because I guess the next one premieres tomorrow night. But 
Okay, I'm completely out of the loop. What is happy? Happy is it's as they've set up so far because I don't know if what the the material is based on or if this is an original. It's, it's a Grant Morrison comic. It is a comic. Okay, yep. and it's 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 in fact his. I mean, aside from All Star Superman, it's his first original property being adapted for television. So mm. in the TV series, and I'm only going to reference the TV series because I don't know the comic. You the the main character who is played by Christopher Maloney is a former cop who is now a hitman and has a near-death experience resuscitated with paddles and everything. When he wakes up, he sees this blue unicorn that can fly that is trying to convince him that he's an imaginary friend of this girl, Haley, who has been kidnapped. So he's trying to convince him that he's he's real and that he needs to help him, uh, the, the happy... Uh, the unicorn is the unicorn to... is trying to convince the the hitman to help him find this girl, but hmm. he's the only one that can see it. Happy, okay. Happy is the name of the unicorn. Happy is the name of the the flying. How unicorn. do they do the unicorn in the show? It's voiced by Patton Oswalt, <laughs> and it's a an little CG unicorn. character that flies around. And, Andy's okay. Andy's uh, laying a whole bunch of brony on this right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, but now they've said that I want to. But it's 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 he's wonderfully always lay brony on us. What is Happy's cutie mark? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's it's is really twenty percent cooler. Sure. Good. <laughs> it's like the material that they're that they're covering is very serious, but the way that some of the characters approach it is silly and like I don't give a fuck uh, attitude. So and in other words, very Morrison. Yes, exactly. Right. So. You have many characters that are approaching all the things that are going on in the episode very seriously. You know, there's there's cops that are like, I can't believe this guy used to be one of the best cops on the force, blah, blah, blah. She's trying to do her job and trying to do it in a serious way. And here's this guy that he's just like, I've given up on life. Uh, kind of, you know, the kind of the I want to die kind of attitude, but I just won't die. Like one of the lines in this show is like, my life is a never is a, is a never ending swirling toilet that just won't flush. So, wow. I mean, it's yeah. Once you mentioned the imaginary unicorn, I do remember we talked about this at some yes, point. This was a red light, green light. Yeah, right? oh, that's, that's a red light, green okay. light. Uh huh. So anyway, I hope we green light. I'm pretty sure we green light. Yeah, that one. really liked the Morrison, first episode. Yeah. Can't wait to see the next episode because it's just, it's just deliciously silly. Is this also on USA? So I can't see it. No, it's on Sci-Fi. Okay, so, so you I can't still see can't see it. <laughs> okay. If I remember correctly, you can watch free episodes like through the Sci-Fi Channel app. Like oh, on your phone. Just remember to uh, cancel on your phone the first, tablet uh, or <laughs> first week. <laughs> yeah, or else you run into don't, the. Uh, don't do what no, we I, in I the business call a Gunther. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I uh, I watched an episode of the Orville. I mean, I watched the first one a while back, but I watched like I'm like. Oh, I'm totally six or seven into it. I'm totally into the the show. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, the episode I saw was the one with the. Um, where they're the the krill, they're 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 attacking. They're on their they're disguised on the krill ship. Yeah, and it's like the stuff that they did. The the, the it's funny as hell. But then the stuff they did is stuff that like would be on a good, serious. a really good episode yeah. of Star Trek. Yeah, and then the, how the characters think about you know going forward. You know, right. did I do the right thing? And doing the right thing, did I just indoctrinate a whole another right? And then they set up consequences for future episodes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a really good balance of seriousness, lightheartedness. Occasionally, the kind of 
dumb Seth MacFarlane humor that you you just have to expect with I'm a dumb Seth MacFarlane property. I don't have a problem with it. Some people don't like his sense of humor. I'm fine with his sense of humor. I enjoy it. Like I really liked A Million Ways to Die in the West, and some people just absolutely right. hated yeah, it. People, so there are a lot of anti Seth people out there. And it, it, it is it is a good series. I think it's pretty uh, anti Sethites. <laughs> yeah. So, and, you know, in some ways, it's more Star Trek than Discovery is. Mm-hmm. But I like Discovery. So. Yeah, me too. I'm really digging um, I Jason like both Isaacs. series. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Both are fine. There's no contradiction or anything. Later on in the series, the blue alien that, uh, what's her name, slept with, shows up. Yeah. And he played by Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's just perfect. Wow. It is perfect. It's it, it. It's fun. It's good. And it puts a whole new meaning to the whole three-way love triangle thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. So yeah, Orville's great. Discovery's great. There's a lot of great TV on right now. A well, lot of great movies out there. We brought up Grant Morrison, and uh, his comic book Klaus is the Geek Shock book pick for December. Uh, discussions have already begun on the Geek Shock Book Club Facebook page, so feel free to join us once you've finished. I have not finished yet. I'll be joining soon, I hope. And let's do a couple quick. We got a couple small emails, so we got time for those little guys. Okay. All so right. we're going to do a couple of those. So first off, just just comment. Just, just throwing that out there. I came across a Best of Jim Neighbors 8-track cassette at work today. Oh, my. I then had to explain to the guy working what an 8-track is, uh-huh. then gave up explaining who Jim Neighbors is. Your pal, Scoop Rodriguez. So, thank you, Scoop. <laughs> thank you, Scoop well, Rodriguez. Well, golly! That's, that's one of the things I love doing is explaining to young people how 8-tracks work and watching yeah. their eyes glaze over and go, no. <laughs> that, no. that couldn't possibly. No. It didn't work that way. Dude, I love your story about when humanity discovered red dye. Mm. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Didn't one of your parents like really like the Jim Neighbors? Uh, my father loves audio him. albums because he's he's an amazing singer. Yeah, he is. Yes, he is. my father had Opera a bunch level. of Jim Neighbors albums. He loved his voice. Yep. Yeah, he watched Gomer Pyle for him because he liked his singing. Mm-hmm. They did a nice little tribute to him on the uh, Carol Burnett fiftieth uh, oh, special. Cool. Oh boy, he did. Mm-hmm. He did appear a couple times. Yeah, several times. Yeah. <clears throat> he's also on uh, the first time I heard him singing as a kid because I was just like, "What? What?" And my mom's like. Yeah, it was on the Muppet Show. Yes, he was. Uh, he guessed it on the Muppet Show, and they yep. gave him a few numbers, and he really belts it. Yeah, holy shit, what a voice! Yeah, God, I miss the Muppet Show. That it, that introduced to you to a lot of pop culture icons outside of the roles that you knew them in. Yeah, and they got to, in many ways, utilize the talents that they would not get to exhibit anywhere else. It was a, it was a great variety show. Yes, indeed, and. I gotta say I don't miss A tracks though. I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, I get it for the time. It made records portable. That part was wonderful, but there was always that one song that faded out between channels. Mm-hmm. Yep. Between channel three and four, looks like we made it by Barry Manilow. Faded down. Looks like and we then, made. Then it clicked over to channel Cut four, each other and then, on would, the way. then it would slide back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was no way to listen to music. No. Well, sliding back in is what you want to do on a Barry Manilow mm-hmm. song. That's my point. And looks like we made it. It's probably not the one. In fact, it. that'd be a great title for a Barry Manilow. You guys are all so old. <laughs> <laughs> Sliding back in. I just remember. I, I remember imitating Jim Neighbors as a real young kid, 
It's probably the first time I tried to do an impression when I'm, I'm so good at him now. Uh, but, just, but yeah, this whole, well, golly, I'm going to do, I'm going to sing a song for you now. Because he just, you know, wow. completely go into a different voice when he yeah. sang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I remember just doing that as a kid and finding that funny. It's like, yeah. People were like, you that, found that, it funny. That, I found Andy. it funny. <laughs> that's Andy. Adults don't, laugh, but they're laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> Shazam. Yeah, another Shock Monkey uh, requests a, uh, Suggestion. Gentlemen, I'm looking to read all of Tolkien's Middle Earth books. And would oh you have and would love to have your comments on which books to read and which books to skip. And, so what's, the, and what's the best order to read them? This is from Donald. Gentlemen. The Lord of the Rings books? Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. That question all is the Lord I wanna, of the I wanna Rings. read all of the books and then which one can I skip? <laughs> yeah. What? what? Okay. Well, Actually, there are a lot of redundancies. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's one of the things to watch out for. Um, he actually. Oh Let crap! Let me tell you about a little little series called the the. Uh, what, what was the one that we? <laughs> I've already forgot. <laughs> Horace Heresy. Heresy. There we go. Horace Heresy <laughs> about redundancies. Mm. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Um, the uh, you just re- uh, a couple years ago they released a a new. Um, collection of like the uh, Baron and Luthien stories, and uh, oh crap, I can't remember the read title. Read the Hobbit. Read, read the core four. Well, read you the read core the core four. four. Right. I mean, you can also read the Silmarillion, but it's not a coherent narrative. Yeah, it's a collection of yeah. stories. It's essentially the collection of the mythology. You you read the core four, and then if you really are interested in learning about elf languages and and the weird back histories that don't you know the, the, that are going on in the background, then you can read them because it doesn't matter what order they're in at that point because yeah. you're, you're reading because it's all the it's all the backstory. Yeah, if if I could comp- compare it to Dungeons and Dragons, uh, the core four are the story modules, and the Cimmerillion is the campaign setting book. Yeah, kind of sure. sort of right. Yeah, and you had the Book of Lost Tales, um, and those stories, which are a lot of the collected early wars against Morgorth. As well as the rise of Zauron, and those stories, some of them are actually short stories, are actually uh, uh, coherent narrative stories. They're in a much higher poetic style than even Lord of the Rings is, though. So you got to brace yourself for that. But he writes. I mean, a lot of those stories get really, really hardcore. At his at his core, he's a language nerd. He's much more interested in the language than the story. Yeah, you can skip Sir Gawain and the Green. Mm-hmm. Well, Green but Knight. he does write epic. He does write epic stuff, mm-hmm. right? You you get the uh, stories like uh, Turin being captured by the by uh, Morgorth, and he's placed on a mountain that he can't leave. He literally sits on the mountain and is gifted with seeing the whole land from that mountaintop. For fifty years, and he he's he's long lived, so he doesn't die, and he's forced to watch all this suffering that Morgoth is you know visiting on the world as he's having the wars against the elves and the humans. And there's tons spoilers. of stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> well, I, I got to give some spoilers, Andy, because no, you no, keep no. going back to don't read it, don't read it. So no. there is interesting stuff, and it's very and it can be incredibly epic, very mythological, but. None of those books, none of those stories are like The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings. So just brace yourself for that. Mm -hmm. I forget the title of it, 
and my phone is dying, otherwise I'd look it up. But within a few years, they released a new collection of Tolkien um, stories that is uh, some of the revisions, because Tolkien was constantly tinkering with stuff and changing things. So that in I got that book a couple years ago, and it's great. So I would definitely recommend that one. And then there's a whole, uh, Christopher Tolkien actually does a whole ring cycle. It's a scholarly, just taking apart everything. And it's a multi-volume thing where he just talks about, goes going through his dad's notes about Lord of the Rings and putting everything in, which, and, and, and all of the creating and everything, which is crazy. And as a side note, one of the history YouTube things I watch, it's called The Great War. And uh, Andy saw a bit of it <clears throat> where uh, this guy talks about World War I, and he talks about various historical aspects of it. And the guy's apparently a Tolkien fan because he actually brings up Tolkien in World War I, his experiences, and getting uh, Lord of the Rings, getting The Hobbit out of all of that when uh when he was going through all that yeah so. i'm not saying don't read them i'm saying that the the core four are 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 the main thing you're going to want to read and then if you find yourself interested in other stuff then there's a, a bunch an of abundance side. of yeah. stuff to read in yeah. there if you just want to keep reading but beyond those core four you're not going to find anything that's much like that and you don't and and you don't need an order you don't need a specific order. You just need um, you just need uh, a Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, and of course that's the order you want right. to read them in. Of course, if you really want to dive really deep, after you're all done, then get some of the supplemental game books from ICE Games, oh. the Middle Earth role playing set that they did in the '80s, because those are some great supplemental Lord of the Rings material. Incredible now, illustrations as well as very well researched. A lot of it is, I mean, they do make up stuff, but um, it it's incredibly well researched and approved by the Tolkien estate. Yes. So you mm. can't go wrong with those books. Now, didn't he write The Hobbit after? No. The, Hobbit really? first. Hobbit was first. Yes. Okay. Cause he I wrote, could, he I wrote could, The Hobbit as a sort of white children's book. And then they asked for another one, and they wrote the much, much darker books. And this publisher's like, uh, it's not kind of what we're talking about, but, uh. Now, I did, I read the Lord of the Rings trilogy first, and then I tried to read The Hobbit. Oh, that'd be hard. I, That's. I could not get into The Hobbit. Loved the original three books. Now, I just could usually, not get into usually it's the other way around. That, Pe that, people read The Hobbit, and then they start Lord of the Rings, and they're like, what the fuck? Right. Yeah, that's that's like reading uh, Stephen King and then going back and reading Goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because those those are definitely two different books, um, but nevertheless draw heavily. It, it's amazing, actually, the contrast between styles, between the the uh, the two. Well, essentially, books because Lord of the Rings was actually meant to be one book. Oh, sure. Was so, the book called The Grey Havens? No, 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 no. Okay. I can't. I'm uh, can't find it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sad. I, I oh please. No, I, I I took actually in high school. I I had classes in Tolkien one and two. In high school? Yeah. They offered Tolkien classes. Yeah, I went to school back when they had cool stuff in high school. They had actually interesting electives and stuff. 
My dad used to teach a class called History Through Cartooning where he'd show kids editorial cartoons and explain the history of, you know, stuff from years ago. In high school? Yeah. That's that's the kind of thing I'd expect in college. Well, we used to Electives, expect... Electives, but college. Yeah, we, we didn't cram uh, core stuff that, you know, we didn't, we didn't cram, to, you know, studying for the test. We actually let people think back then. Ah, <clears throat> uh, yes. No, no, no testing to get through here. Yeah, yeah. To let you go. Uh, I, the, what, they made me read uh, Scarlet Letter and Red Badge of Courage. And yeah. Huck Finn. I, I didn't get no Lord of the Rings. No, yeah. I got great expectations. Well, almost, how almost, was it? Not great. <laughs> no. <laughs> What's the line in Hot Shots? He's like, he's like, it wasn't all I hoped for. <laughs> Gentlemen, that's it's news time. All right, we're gonna get to some okay. news now. Some news you I'm... don't give a shit about. God damn it! Andy, I said this every week, <laughs> and I repeat it every all week. the fucking time. <laughs> one time it didn't happen. That's true. Yes, it did. That one time, no, there was one time. There and was also, time. we don't know exactly when it's gonna happen. Sometimes, you know. One day, I'll flip the script. Sometimes the Pop-O-Matic really like, guys, for us. what geeky thinks, I don't care. News you don't give a shit about. Switcheroo. <laughs> what a twist. Switcheroo. <laughs> the new game show. Give him the rope-a-dope. a dope Oh, that's my favorite one. True <laughs> man, you, you might call it scat. Andy calls it speaking. All right. Yo. News you don't give a shit about. A federal jury has ruled against Salt Lake Comic Con. Oh good. Yes. In a case brought by San Diego Comic Con concerning their trademark of the words Comic Con. <laughs> which likely throws a wrench into the numerous conventions that have also adopted the term. In the suit, San Diego Comic-Con claimed Salt Lake Comic-Con used the term without permission, seeking up to $12 million in damages from Salt Lake Comic-Con organizers, who argued, our position is that the phrase Comic-Con, or however you spell it, with the hyphen, where it's together, separated, and are generic... And comic convention. Are generic and are abbreviations for the term comic convention. This has been a common expression since 1964, six years before San Diego Comic-Con even existed. Oh. When used with other sets of words, such like Salt Lake, Big Apple, Chicago, New York, they become a name that has protection and ex- exclusivity. San Diego Comic-Con won the case. Uh, the jury found Salt Lake Comic-Con didn't willfully infringe upon the trademark, and the settlement they ordered San Diego, I'm sorry, Salt Lake Comic-Con to pay was only $20,000, not the $12 million sought. Still, the trademark has been upheld, which means there are some questions now as to how conventions that use the Comic-Con label will proceed. Which yeah. is weird. Cause oh, didn't 2017, you, you just keep giving. Because <laughs> didn't the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office negate their trademark originally like earlier this year because they saw prior use i would say no because otherwise that would have figured into this right and well you would think it would normally but a lot of times if they've already 
filed the suit, they don't always bring in all of these other outside effects like a patent, a patent or a trademark being canceled prior to going to trial. And because as far as the trial is concerned, that's not part of the initial suit. So I, it's it's really weird in the legal process. I wish I had a lawyer here that could explain that. But what can we possibly call those events now? Because in the comic gatherings, yes, CCs. No, no, because comic convention they have too. They have not only Comic Con, but they have comic convention. They call it a CC. I think it's just I. I don't know if they have comic convention. They do. They do. I saw it in another story. They That's have a comic convention. Of comic, yeah, comic festival, comic expose. Now that and you can hire it. the band expose. To well, play. wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did they trademark <laughs> comic convention, or did they win it in the case? I think they the, won it in the case. The company, it's they they have a name. I forget what it, the San Diego. Comic convention, something LCC or whatever the fuck they're. I have to look it up again, but yeah. uh, they patented or they they applied for a trademark for a lot of different variations on their name and for standalone words that gotta, they felt like you gotta they get had. creative. Comic book hoedown, comic gathering. Because what's fascinating, comical is kisses. A lot of people don't know this. The convention formerly known as Salt Lake City Comic Con. <laughs> <laughs> the quote-unquote organizing uh, business that does San Diego Comic Con is a non-profit. However, the people that own that make lots of money. Mm-hmm. Lots or, of money. I like to call it profit. Yes. yes. So uh, I could have predicted that. This, this yeah. is actually really bad. Because mm-hmm. there were a lot of use, people using Comic Con prior to because what was the original name of uh, san diego it had a different name right i don't know i need biggs here for professor this. biggs he's, he's answer the one please that, uh, now he's the, he's the one that knows all the background on san diego but uh yeah the inaugural I mean, san diego comic-con was held in 1970 as a golden state comic book convention yes thank you so yeah it's th- there were plenty of people using comic-con as a term for their conventions prior to san diego utilizing it and have since. Now, I'm kind of surprised that San Diego targeted specifically Salt Lake, considering how many it's probably companies... probably because it's the closest. Well, but New York Comic Con's been around sure. far longer than Salt Lake, and they're just as big. Who but, would you rather argue with, New York lawyers or, or Salt Lake lawyers? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're probably right. And which one affects their dollar? The one that's a couple states away or one that's on the other side of the right. country? It's true. So that's why they're going after them. Yeah. Well, New York undoubtedly. I think Andy's point is is good that they have a. They probably have a lot more money to throw throw at Fine the point. Uh, fight. Because I know that Salt Lake was actually considering doing a uh, fundraiser to help with their legal fees because they spent a lot of money on legal fees and were pretty like, close to being in the in the in the red just defending themselves on this. I want to see New York Comic Con keep the name and the symbol being a middle finger up. Yeah. yeah. That would well, be a very New York thing to I, do. I, well, well, hey, uh, I'm well, conventioning here. I'm conventioning here. I think I think I think uh, Jimmy Poutine is going to make a little visit to the West Coast. Mm. Yeah. Have a little conversation. I I mean, I know not all is lost cuz they've already said they plan to appeal. Sure, in the meantime, but and yeah, yeah. This has that has huge ramifications for yeah. all of the other comic conventions around the world, not just here in the US. In the meantime, I'll be going to the Salt Lake City Comic Hoot Nanny, so I'll be having a good time there. Hoot Nanny. Sequential Art Expo. 
hey, <laughs> glorious and fancy. I don't think the cons around the world have much to worry about because once you get international law and all this crap, you can just bury it. Yeah, yeah, it, de- yeah it depends it's on the, the ones different in, countries. It's yeah. the ones here. Unless but, you're in New York City. Yeah. You're like, we're the city. <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. The film adaptation of the young adult horror series Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark is still coming. But it will come without the previously attached Guillermo del Toro. The acclaimed mm-hmm. director has stepped down. He's being replaced by Andre Uvredal, whose credits include The Autopsy of Jane Doe and Troll Hunter. And I think that's the Netflix kid series, right? Oh, unless they're talking about the the movie, the, I'm the found footage the movie. movie. Yeah. yeah. If so, that's really cool. His name his name sounded Scandinavian. It's very Scandinavian. Yeah, yeah, it's so got the slash through the O. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's gotta be troll hunter the movie yeah it will still be released by cbs films and del toro is still set to produce so you know not all hope is lost uh production will begin next summer on the adaptation they'll follow a group of teens dealing with grizzly deaths in their own small town grizzly bears Sure. Who's killing the grizzly bears i don't remember that in the book that's gonna be a long that's that's, scary if they can kill a grizzly bear you don't want to go up against that shit. No. Were they only three when they killed the bear? Oh, wait. That's true. Trump will let you do that now. <laughs> the script by Kevin Hagerman and Dan Hagerman, writers of Del Toro's animated Troll Hunters show, uh, is based on the original trilogy of books by Alvin Schwartz, which were published in 1984. The books have sold over 7 million copies worldwide. But the more impressive statistic is that when it comes to libraries, it's one of the most consistently banned series of books. It's unknown at this point why Del Toro has chosen not to direct the film as planned, but a lack of passion is not the reason. He loves the book so much he owns many of the famous original illustrations by Stephen Gamel. So sad, I mean, sad to lose it. The man creates art every time he steps behind that camera. I haven't seen Shape of the Water, but boy, I want to. Yeah. Production on Pacific Rim 3. Is that Calling what you think it. is happening? Calling it. Yeah, is that what it is? It probably. I mean, he... Yeah, damn it. He keeps dropping out of all these great... Right, Justice League Dark. Mm-hmm. Which, it, it turns out, I was reading a little something about that, that he wanted the main figure to be Swamp Thing. <laughs> Perfect for Del Toro. Yeah. Right. My God. So, it's it's just... Anger, because I don't... If his name was not attached, I would not have a lot of faith for this film. Mm-hmm. Right. And since he's still producer, I still have some faith. And if it's, still, if it's the Troll Hunter guy from the found footage film, I still have some faith, because that's a good movie. Okay. But I, I, but that, I, I worry about what it could have been. If you if you don't know these books, it has the most amazing, gross, drippy art, and that's the reason it gets banned. It doesn't get banned because of the story subjects. They're little short horror stories for kids, the kind that it's were told around campfires. You know, the hook. That's that's an example. Of what's in there, mm-hmm. but the art is it. The art looks like it's wet. Like okay. everything that is being drawn, that even the human figures just look off. Hmm. Okay, and, and that's why it's banned. Yes, because it disturbs a lot of people. You just have to look up some of the artwork from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. You'll see exactly what I mean. Andre is the director of the movie. 
I'm sorry? Andrea is the director of the movie, not the TV show. You're, okay, you're okay, you're look, okay, I look gotcha. it, it is. Okay, good to know. Yep. Still sad, but I still have a little hope. Yep. A little hope. News you don't give a shit about. Mm. This, this is so... This is where we're going. This is this is what it's going to be like now that we're going to those all this multiple streaming groups and everybody starting their own damn channels. Oh, oh, who is it now? Oh dear. Oh, oh dear. no, no. This this is. I'll just let it speak for itself. Unless Google and Amazon can iron out their differences, users who rely on Amazon's Echo Show and Fire TV Stick devices will no longer be able to watch YouTube. At least for the time being. <laughs> Google began blocking YouTube access for Echo Show users this week and is informing Amazon Fire TV users that the service will not be available on their devices after the first of next year. It's a move born of protracted turf war between the two titans, uh, one that will also continue to have ripple effects on third-party alliances like Amazon's deal with Apple TV until there's some kind of resolution. A Google rep told Variety, uh, which first reported the story, that the reasoning's simple. Amazon has decided to sell and offer Prime Video on Google Media devices, pushing instead, for example, its own Fire TV stick exclusively, rather than offering for sale alongside Google's Chromecast streaming media player. Since Amazon only wants to sell its Fire Stick and not Chromecast, no YouTube for you. Quote, Amazon doesn't carry Google products like Chromecast and Google Home, doesn't make Prime Video available for Google Cast users, and last month stopped selling some of Nest's latest products. Given this lack of reciprocity, we are no longer supporting YouTube on Echo Show and Fire TV, unquote, the rep told Variety. Amazon report retorted that Google is setting a disappointing precedent by imposing a no-go zone around what's otherwise an open website on every device in the universe that doesn't carry the Amazon brand. What that means in practical terms is that if you use the Amazon ecosystem to enjoy movies and TV, you'll no longer be able to dial up YouTube. By God, this is where we're at. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, I, I don't... It's so weird. I've, this whole I, I've thing. seen it demonstrated on the Fire tablet. Yeah. There's no YouTube app for the uh, Fire HD tablets or any of that. Yeah, but you can easily. I mean, I, you can I, go on the website. Yeah, and I go can, to the website, yeah. but I usually used to have to use the desktop website because it. When if you just type in YouTube, it takes you to the mobile version. Which you know, this thing's got a, a nice 1080p screen on it, but it launches the videos at 480. So if you want to be able no, to, no, that that mobile version is not from YouTube. No, I know, but I'm saying that when you go through, you have to go through the web browser on here. Right. And the web browser takes you to the mobile version, so you have to oh. request the desktop version of it so that you can actually select the various resolutions and get the best quality video, because, I mean... In other words, you don't get YouTube on your tablet. You have to go around about way of getting it. All right, uh, let's go silver lining on this whole... Uh, the you have to do that with any browser, though. If you use your mobile browser, if you go to the browser... I have an website. iPad. I have a YouTube app for it. Okay. I, well, have yeah, a, I have a YouTube app on my phone, Mike but drops. I don't have it on a Amazon product. Mm. Well, yeah, and so that doesn't help on the YouTube, but but like say all, all the all the splitting into Netflix and Disney TV and all the other. The silver lining in this is we just have to, you know, get together with our friends, 
and you know each friend picks a different thing and only only one goddamn streaming service per friend yeah and, and share passwords and then no you'll have to go have to go, have to go hang out and watch the shows together oh It'll i bring see. people together i see what you're saying so we'll all come over here and watch happy with with so we like the be Andy, like you're the, sick. No, I like I like Todd's version better. Like the fifties where you're you're crowding, you you're having dinner around the television so that <laughs> you can watch right. that one program. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Eating TV and you watch it when it's on. Not what the hell would you want? <laughs> it is. I mean, without picking a side on this whole thing, it is weird that Amazon, who sells everything, w- refuses to sell any Google products. It is. It is kind of bizarre. It's the same reason why when I go to Coinstar, mm-hmm. I don't go to the one at Walmart because they don't have uh, Amazon as an option. To oh, they don't now. Yeah, you, you, if you if you use Coinstar you, as a server, I get a lot of coins as tips. I collect them. I turn them into Amazon credit. That's how I get my Kindle books. Okay, but at Walmart, they don't give you an Amazon option for any gift card. Because they feel Amazon is a competitor to themselves. That's the same reason why Amazon and Google are not. Could you take that money to a bank and cash it in? Instead of like if you're doing I mean, I, I, <laughs> Andy, it's 2017. What the hell? Why? <laughs> because the Coinstar takes 10% right off the top. No, it only takes 10% if you turn it into actual cash. If you turn it into a gift e-gift card, card it yeah. costs. It takes nothing. They get get they get kickbacks from the companies that sell the uh, gift cards. So, so you get they that explains why you do the Amazon. Then okay, yeah, that makes you lose sense. nothing. You lose nothing. On a side note, too bad for Walmart getting competition from somebody. <laughs> right? Ooh, breaks the heart to hear it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Poor guys. Which is also funny because like Google, the Play Store, they have all the Amazon apps. Yeah. But then on the Amazon devices, you're locked into the Amazon App Store. You don't have access to the Google Play. So you have to pick one or the other. You can't do like on the like on my phone, I have both the Amazon App Store and Google Play. Sure. So I can pick and choose who I want to download apps from. You think that's the next novel? Google Play? I, I I know that I think so. I know that consumers have requested that Amazon put the Play Store on their tablets for a long time, Amazon refuses to do oh, that they, because yeah, do that. they want to do because the Fire OS that runs the tablets is is their own version of Android. It's they use the Android open source version and then customize it. So it's Android and it is the source of it is from Google, but it's their own highly modified version. And so I don't know. I don't know that there's any right or wrong party in this whole in this just, whole just mess. A couple of big swinging dicks. Yeah, that's really that's really what it is. I weary of this. Bring the next pain. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you insist. They just don't give a shit about. God damn it! Just when you thought 3D was the zenith of immersive theater going experience, Sony takes it a step further with patented vests. That will make you feel like you're part of a movie. Vests. According to Variety, the studio will be field testing the technology on Insidious, the last key, (laughs) at the Cine Asia Exhibitors and Distributors Convention in Hong Kong. The fourth Insidious movie will be the first film to use this technology for its entire runtime. Cine Asia attendees can choose to use the vest for a 15-minute segment of the film or the entire movie. 
utilizing what is known as haptic technology. It's similar to the touch feature on any smartphone. Yeah. The vests were created by Sony and provide actual sensations on the body that sync up with what's being shown on the screen. Is the hope that you'll get more invested in the film? Uh, hey oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> Says the guy wearing a vest right now. Damn straight. Uh, getting that this No means <laughs> the vest the vest vibrates softer or harder depending on how scared or jarred yeah, it does. the movie wants you to be. <laughs> oh my Oh, God. I don't want to wear a vest that someone else has worn. <laughs> That's the first thing that goes through my mind, is putting on somebody's, Stink. especially a horror movie. Oh, yeah, let's put on that sweaty, fear-soaked. <laughs> says, says the guy who played a Borg for how many years? Yeah, but it was his own sweat. It was my yeah. own. Yeah, but my own still, sweat. Still nasty sweat. Yes, it was. Never and cleaned. it was my own. Yes, I want someone else's. Pardon me, sir. Can I have a vest? It's less soaked with sweat and fear and urine. <laughs> and other oh, bodily you, you fluids. You know they're taking those vests off, putting them in other regions. Come on. Ooh, well, if well. it's vibrating. Oh, this is exactly. a scary party. Hold on a second. Shuffle, shuffle. Uh, <laughs> exactly. People are fucking... Oh, <laughs> oh my. Oh, my. Get scared, baby. I mean... Oh, it's a freaky movie! Oh. <laughs> wow. Sal Adestra, executive vice president for marketing for Sony Pictures, releasing international... Wait, what was the first part of that? That dude that works at Sony. Sal's, <laughs> tells Variety that moviegoers will be, quote, literally feeling the visceral sensations of the frights and the thrills of the film. It's, it's going to just... Oi, the frights and the thrills. When the jump scare happens, your vest will vibrate and it will intensify the jump scare. That's what this is. It's, it's the tingler all you over know what? again. It's, it's Borg 4D put into a vest. Yeah, and no one's shooting water in your face. No, it's already, it's already in a vest. Are or you least, sure? Or at least calling it water. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what this, I think, would actually work in is a sympathetic feeling things. So like somebody gets stabbed in the left side of their chest. The left side of your chest does a little... I'm sure that's a part long. of it. And uh, sympathetic stuff like that I could see is really freaking you out because people... Some people tend to do that anyway. Okay. Get yeah. Those little feelings and just to magnify that would be crazy. Didn't they sell some something like this to video gamers for like fighting games? Some kind of haptic technology vest so that when you're fighting some might have something on the, in the video game that if you get punched you actually feel it in the vest. <laughs> Sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. Hmm. The outlet also reports that Sony is currently in talks to expand the technology to other theaters and parts of the world starting in January. Whether it will be only used for Sony-made movies is unclear, as are the mechanics of how this would actually work. Well, it won't be on Amazon. <laughs> no. <laughs> Imagine a theater usher handing you a bulky vest after they tear your ticket, the way they hand you a pair of 3D glasses, and then they're simply recycled after the film is over. And you thought the AC was cranked high before the vests. <laughs> uh, will they come in a sealed bag again? Insidious. They probably will. Opens on January 5th. Uh, you remember that William Castle's the Tingler, right? Yes, where All the right. seats William, were. The... Yes, William Castle was the guy 
in the what the fifties mm-hmm. that was known for creating gimmicks in theaters. The skeleton that would slide down the wire during the movie, mm-hmm. or people dressed in costumes that would come out at a specific time. He created a movie called The Tingler, and he set up certain chairs with a a vibrating shock, basically. Was it a vibrating shock or was it an actual electrical shock? My understanding is vibrating, but I could could be either way. I think people mistook it for an electric shock. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And there was a moment in the film where the film, like, stopped, but Vincent Price's voice came over and said, the tingler is loose in the theater. And the only, the tingler was basically this (laughs) parasite creature that would hook onto your back and, like, body snatch you. Right. And the only way you could get rid of it was to scream. And so during that blackout moment, he would say, the tingler's loose in the theater. Scream. Scream for your lives. And then certain chairs in the theater would do the vibrate shock mm-hmm. and tr- try to create that the tingler's getting you or whatever. But it, this, this is that on a personal level. Right. Didn't the 40, 40 ride, didn't it poke you in the back with something? Yeah. Yeah. And sure it did. Invasion. Fucking yeah. paralyzed you. Yes. Mm. Back. <laughs> poked you in the back. Way too fucking forceful. <laughs> poked you in the ass. I did that one time. I was like, never again. The oh, man. Up. That's nothing. Uh, whoa. <laughs> what the hell did yeah. you go? When, when Jeff went through Shawshank Redemption, the experience. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. The poking there. Sometimes uh, the sisters won. You, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I care, Jeff. I, go ahead. I, I felt violated, yes. Very much so. The chair. The chair. The chair was not my friend. Yeah, we, we I, I, I think I've told the story on here before, but when uh, in the early days of Borg 4D at the Experience, when they had a lot of the employees going through for the test runs, they were still adjusting the little mechanisms in the seat because they had basically they had these multiple pistons that would come out and push against the back of the seat as well as the bottom part of the seat. Well, Whoa. on one of the tests that I went on, the piston on the right side of the bottom of the seat was geared up too high. (laughs) And it wasn't just poking me, it was jabbing me. Like, it was coming up with some force. Like, like painful. I should it have was moved over like, a little bit. I did. I scooted all the way over to the left side of the chair. No, the other way. <laughs> <laughs> and then demanded yeah. dinner and a show. <laughs> Another show. I get what you're saying, but the but one yeah. I had, it was like, holy fuck, Could my you back. reset the movie? <laughs> anyway, yeah, it was, it was not pleasant. It was painful. I had to tell the engineer, I said, you need to look at the piston on this one because it's, it's poking and I don't mean gently poking. I mean, like, forcefully poking. And the engineer was like, all right, <laughs> I will. Anyway, never happened again on any of the other test runs I went on. But, wow, that was that was an experience. Just like, hey, the that hurt. And the, the, voice, the, engineer, the voice from under the chair says, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. The engineer took that, took that secret or, home. Yeah. The secret origin of Jimmy Poutine. <laughs> he thought I was kidding at first. I'm like, no, it it's like bruised level. Poking. Did so. you show him the bruise? <laughs> no, I didn't show him the bruise. <laughs> You're too slow, okay? You're Man. too slow. I had to lift up my mic to say it, and I just lost the <laughs> momentum. I mean, none of, none of the other people that went on there had that happen, right? That you that you know of, Kay? Uh, not that they're willing to admit in public. <laughs> okay, well. Are you, you sure know. this is one of, these, one of those princess and the pea moments? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Your delicate backside. <laughs> Did you ever do the my, 40 ride? No, my ass is not delicate, thank you. Did you? <laughs> what? 
My ass cheek right there. Ass this cheek. <laughs> this ass has been rode hard. <laughs> Did you ever do the? I mean, uh, there's. I'm, what I mean is, there's a lot of cushioning on this. The scar tissue <laughs> is like an armor. So fuck all of you. <laughs> this ass has seen some shit. <laughs> I've been on campouts. Beware. <laughs> Beware the callous ass of 80s Jeff. <laughs> The other side of Vagitac. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Did you ever do the 40 ride? I did, yeah. Oh, okay. Did the 40 ride ever do you? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'll admit to. Like, Go for my congressman. <laughs> On the flip side, I do have some female friends that quite enjoyed the ride. <laughs> I won't name names, but yeah. Secret origin of the Jill Jet now. Wow. Like, that was actually quite fun. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were joking. They were not. <sighs> I am 69 of 69. <laughs> Tertiary <laughs> unit of <laughs> Wicked King. I believe it's 8 of 69. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. <sighs> Don't encourage him. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Sorry. He Sorry. has to. They live together. They have to, you know, God support damn it, each Jeff. other. They have to support each other. <laughs> Take a drink, folks. <laughs> but what are, you, are you putting a cookies? Uh, hold on. Hold on. Just what? keep going. <laughs> you're, you're making... Oh, you would like cookies. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just continue with the show, damn it. You're putting right in my crotch. I was afraid. <laughs> like, your crotch is down here? Okay. Well, it depends on what on the crotch you're pointing at. That's why I was scared. He's pointing in any direction, pointing low. I'm like, what do you want me to look at here? <laughs> the board 4D ride. It's time, Andy. <laughs> this bruises Jeff. <laughs> Marvel announced a feature-length film and six four-minute digital shorts dubbed Marvel Rising. <laughs> Uh, what's right, rising? We're on a theme, yeah. Rising? <laughs> it's, you know, if you put 4D. If you put these in a different order, that would have been funny. <laughs> the move is intended to introduce the next generation to the next generation of diverse and inclusive Marvel heroes. The shorts will come first and spotlight Spider Gwen with her new secret monitor, Ghost Spider. After those. Marvel Rising Secret Warriors will feature be a feature-length animated film. It'll de- debut later in the year, with distribution partners to be named later, apparently. Uh, beyond that, future stories will and content will be developed for Marvel's digital and publishing platforms. According to the press release, Powered Teens, Ms. Marvel, Squirrel Girl, Quake, Patriot... America Chavez and Inferno join forces as an unlikely but formidable crew of aspiring heroes. When a threat no one could have expected bears down on the Marvel Universe, this ragtag, untrained band of teens have no choice but to rise together and prove to the world that sometimes the difference between a hero and a misfit is just in the name. Stop right here. Yes. Now, this sounds good. This sounds like very interesting. I kind of want to. You're see only this. happy because Squirrel Girl's in there. No, no, no. I just want to point out. So far, this sounds fine, but he has not changed it over. So at some point, this is going to turn. What do you mean? I haven't changed. No, it over? he just said we can geek. Oh, did he? Yeah. Sorry, I was busy laughing about your butt. 
You wouldn't be the first. <laughs> By the non-delicate ass. Marvel Rising is set to go for launch in 2018. Yeah, I'm surprised they don't have in there. Uh, a lot of the voice cast is uh, is pretty cool. Um, they have Chloe Bennett, who plays Daisy Johnson slash Quake on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., is playing Quake on the animated series there. Nice. Um, I'm uh, excited that Ms. Marvel's going to be in it. Yeah. Milana Ventrube uh, is playing Squirrel Girl. Um, she's You'd recognize her. She's... In all, she was in all those AT and T commercials for a while, but uh, oh, okay. she's also been on several oh, the TV hot one. shows. That yeah. one, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, and and then uh, uh, oh, I just totally blanked out on her name. Who's also on Agents of Shield is is doing a voice on uh, Ming Na right. is going to be on uh, as one of the voices on there. So yeah, that, I mean, they've got other uh, other. Those are the just the ones I remember right off the top of my head. But there there were several other uh, voice actors. They had a little behind the scenes snippet. On uh, you on uh, YouTube the other day on the Marvel Channel that I watched and showed them all in the recording booth. It's pretty cool. Cool. I'm I'm excited for this. Yeah, it sounds like fun. It's official. A Twilight Zone reboot series from Jordan Peele will be making this long rumored home at CBS All Access. The series, which was last <laughs> revived with host Forrest Whitaker over a decade ago, will join the good fights on CBS's streaming roster. Created alongside X-Men movie scribe Simon Kinsberg, the new Twilight Zone will be a reintroduction to the anthology sci-fi and horror series for modern audiences on a modern platform. Peel and Kinsberg will be working with showrunner Marco uh, Ramirez to executive produce the show, and the trio will shape its premiere episode. As CBS All Access was almost entirely built off of Star Trek Discovery, and only and Jeff Gunter and Jeff Gunter only yes. recently began bolstering its roster of original content. The news that it had ordered Twilight Zone uh, to series is just the latest content strategy move that seeks to distinguish distinguish the series. Damn it, Andy! Distinguish. I still can't say the goddamn word. Distinguish. Thank you. Repisodity. What he said: the service as more than a CBS network offshoot. Strategery. Now with buzzed about series from respected established creators, CBS All Access is gearing up to go head to head with other large scale streaming services like Netflix and Amazon and have recently flooded their users with original programming, not to mention the planned Disney streaming service, which will take Star Wars and Marvel, and the battles have begun. CBS has got itself a little juggernaut because of this little Star Trek discovery. They got stuff. juggernaut? The goddamn juggernaut. Oh, yeah, oh I forgot to I tell you, CBS is buying Fox. So that they outbid Disney. Damn. Yeah. Goddamn juggernaut. Fox, it's all a- access on CBS. All access. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I, I remember... Get like newsletters from uh, the National Association of Broadcasters and so forth, talking about how all these different contracts that the media producers have with the different cable companies trying to carry their networks and their movies and so forth. How the cable companies keep crying poverty because you know there's you know they're not poor, but they claim poverty because so many they're losing so many subscribers every month. Because people are just fed up and cutting the cord. So it's honestly, it was only a matter of a time before these companies tried to find another revenue stream. Because for for years, they had the, the, the cable industry and us as consumers by the balls. Because, you know, they said, oh, well, you want this? Well, you have to take all of this, too. 
and they would do it. But True. now... Here's an idea. Don't pay ESPN 17 zeros. Well, that's why ESPN is going to be it's having their own streaming service shortly because they feel like they need to make up the difference because... That's the main thing right there. They, ESPN is why you pay ridiculous amount for cable. Well, I mean, it, this is not unique to ESPN, but just using ESPN as an example, they overpaid for their NFL package, which only affords them the Monday night games and I think like a couple Saturday games throughout the season. So everybody, every industry insider said, you guys are paying way too much for this. But they absolutely wanted to have it, and they wanted to make sure nobody else paid, got it. So they paid what the NFL was asking and actually paid more for it. And now... And joke's on them because yeah. America hates football. Well, I was going to say, no, I was going to say now <laughs> ESPN had to go and cut like a third of its staff because their revenues were declining because cable companies were saying, well, we'll take ESPN 1 and 2, but we're not going to take all these other... Which was all not the, hockey, the, the hockey guys. Which is all the hockey guys they cut. Yeah. Oh. So anyway, it's, it's interesting to see what's going to happen going forward. You may only be able to have, to have the opportunity to buy every single channel separately. Hey... But not, not probably not from your cable provider. It's not yeah, the Canadian not discount. It's not no. the Canadian Sports Network. It's the American Sports Network. Yeah, ES stands for American. 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 <laughs> what? E American. <laughs> American. <laughs> American. Because we got the bombs. <laughs> so we get the whole sleeve of cookies. <laughs> uh, I love this next one. Netflix has snagged the rights to Old Man's War. Yeah. Jo John Scalzi's multi-installment saga about a future interplanetary society that forces aging citizens to choose between fighting as young again super space soldiers in new bodies or dying a peaceful and natural death in their original bodies back on Earth. According to the deadline, uh, according to the deadline, according to deadline, that website... Netflix aims to adapt Old Man's War into an original feature film. Not the first time Scalzi's 2005 novel in the cycle of books it launched has been targeted for the screen. Paramount picked up the rights to the feature film adaptation of Old Man's War back in 2012, even recruited Wolfgang Peterson, that's the director of The Never Ending Story, Ugh. to direct, but the project languished. Peterson was also attached to Ghost Brigades, a planned TV adaptation of Old Man's War for sci-fi, but that project stalled as well. I always wondered what happened to that, because I remember Paramount getting the rights to that and then never hearing anything new. Mm -hmm. And then I remember we actually read on the show when sci-fi picked up the rights and you were excited, and then we heard nothing. So. Sure. I've never read it. Uh, are they fighting each other or like an alien? An alien. Aliens. They're, okay. they're the, uh, the colonial... Uh, uh, I, I forgot. Colonial, the colonial forces. Mobile infantry. That, that actually, kind of, sort of, they protect the uh, the Earth colonies okay. um, <clears throat> on other worlds from aliens. And uh, it's actually kind of interesting because there's sort of like this, this divide between Earth and the colonies <clears throat> to the point that um, it's actually very difficult now to get off Earth and go to the colonies. It's difficult to get the earth off? Yeah. And telling uh, me. <clears throat> get it to move under your podcast. feet. And um, one of the ways you can go to the colonies is when you're 
when you're old, when you hit 70, you can actually retire your regular body and you get installed into a, um, uh, a re- essentially a replicant. Okay. So it's actually a, a neat idea because the protagonist is this old guy, but he's in this super soldier type body. And then he starts in other novels playing around with even that where... Is it a fully functional body? Yep. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. So what do you never mind? Yeah. <laughs> Can you so, fuck in the new body? <laughs> I get that. Okay. But <laughs> with your with your non delicate butt. <laughs> yeah, not like iron butt Gunther over here. <laughs> um uh, yeah, iron butt Gunther, I love it. They're it, they're they're good. They're good. They're like modern if you liked Heinlein. Uh, then you're going to like the Old Man's War novels because Scalzi kind of is like a modern Heinlein. So he he writes a lot in that style without a lot of the baggage that a lot of modern readers have with Heinlein's uh, work. Not the baggage they have, but the baggage with that work that they don't like. So... It's it's they're really good. They're really 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 good. Just another in a long line of novels I have to move up to read before it comes out. There right? you go. Jesus, got to race there the TV go. producers. Again. Well, apparently the Again. trick Torgo is just to accidentally download it and then you have to read it <laughs> right away. So. Or or you could just watch a goddamn cinema classic once in a while instead of reading twenty oh, books. Oh shit! <laughs> did I just get? At, did I just get told by my my elder here, dude? There was some finger pointing. Yeah, there yeah. was. There <laughs> to was to get my nose out of a book and into a television. Yeah. Yes. Wow. And, Kids and, today and sit three feet away from the television too. <laughs> With the 4D experience of yes. in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Jeff, stop poking my butt when I'm watching Galak. Whoa. <laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs> or was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> Hundreds of Marvel Entertainment comics and graphic novels have now become available for the cost of nothing but a library card. The digital library lending service Hoopla Digital has now added to its catalog more than 250 comic books and graphic novels from Marvel, according to a report from Variety. If you're a member of one of Hoopla's 1,600-plus public libraries, they're mostly situated in the Midwest and on the coasts, you'll have access to titles ranging from Black Panther to X-Men to Thor, all available on handheld devices like smartphones and tablets, as well as Hoopla's website itself. In a statement, Hoopla Hoopla Digital founder Jeff Jankowski uh, noted that his company, quote, will be the first digital service for public libraries to offer Marvel collections and graphic novels, which creates a new free digital home for comic fans where they can find all their favorite titles and have instant access to hundreds of acclaimed comic books, unquote. Marvel's offerings join about 13,000 other comics in Hoopla's extensive catalog, all available with a simple email login and library card registration, making the world of comics more accessible, not to mention user-friendly and affordable. I might also add that if you have Libby or Overdrive, it's also a great place to find comics, especially indie and manga fare. So we don't have Hoopla here, right? Yes, we do. We do have Hoopla. We have both. Wow. Uh, The Clark County Library engages in both. I... Download Hoopla because they have a digital video format, so you can actually rent videos from the library oh, yeah? through it. Wow. Uh, it limits you to 10 per month, 
which is kind of a problem for the way I like to watch the videos from the library. Because what I like to get from the library are those great courses yeah. uh, sets. They're the, they're the video professor courses on various subjects. Mm-hmm. They're they're very expensive if you want to buy them, but the library carries a whole slew, and Hoopla has a whole bunch of them on there. The only problem is they consider it by the disc, ah. and some of these courses have 22 discs to them. Do they actually have the discs in the library? Can you go in and rent the discs? Uh, they have some, and I have gotten a few in the past, uh, but very, very limited, whereas Hoopla offers a huge array but again, you're limited to 10 a month, so you can only see, in some cases, you know, half of a course in the course of a month. Mm. But uh, they have some good ones, and I used it for that. I still think Libby is better for audiobooks, uh, better for uh, ebooks. Um, with this new Marvel thing, Hoopla might be better for comics mm-hmm. now. But uh, I'd say if your library uses both, take advantage of both. Sounds like we're knee-deep in it. So, yeah, you can borrow this shit from your home without leaving. Mm. And so y- take advantage. Yeah, and don't get poked in the butt. Hey, super thing, turn on. God, there goes my Saturday night. <laughs> According to reports by Collider and comicbook.com, the Venom movie, directed by Zombieland's Ruben Fleischer and starring Tom Hardy, will be based on two well-known Marvel comic arcs, Lethal Protector and Planet of the Symbiotes. Fleischer and Hardy appeared at virtually uh, appeared virtually at Brazil's Comic Con in Sao Paulo during Sony's presentation to break the break the, break the news. <laughs> they virtually appeared. They they, they were it, it was an almost Andy moment. <laughs> they were almost there, then they weren't. Venom Lethal Protector is a six issue series written by David um, Michaelini Michaelini Michaelini. Oh. Uh, Michelini. 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 Yeah. David Michelini. The 1993 storyline focuses on the Eddie Brock version of Venom as he makes a pact with Spider Man not to commit any more crimes. He moves to San Francisco where he decides to protect the weak and the poor. In the end, he fights alongside Spider Man to defeat a bunch of symbiote spawn known as Scream, Phage, Riot, Lasher, and Agony. This arc was significant for Venom because it turned him into an anti-hero and gave Brock his first solo comic book. And Planet of the Symbiotes came two years later from the same author. This was only five issues and centered on Venom, Spider-Man, and Scarlet Spider defeating an army of symbiotes attempting to take over the Earth. What made this series noteworthy, it is the story that explored Eddie's relationship with the symbiote and his doubts as to who is really in control. Venom debuts on October 5th, 2018. So that's what this movie is being based on. <laughs> hmm. Tom Hardy, huh? I'm cool with Tom Hardy as... And then I broke you, Spider-Man. I mean, <laughs> shit, wrong wrong role. Uh, <laughs> that would be great, though. Yes. <laughs> you got time for one? We got time for one more. One more. Uno mas. Netflix. Well, we don't have time for any more. Oh, uh, no, no. Come on. More no, no. Come on. No time. My mouth can't work. Come no on. Try time. it. Spit it out. Right. No time. Spit it out. <laughs> Netflix. Andy Coming commands. from Andy. Holy shit. Right? He's so dominating. Tuffy? Oh, I don't have a good video yet. It's so the vest. It's the vest. <laughs> it's, 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 it's helping the, him. It's the power is all in my vest. It's the haptic vest. It's vibrating yeah, yeah. and keeping it's me Andy's happy. Andy's thunder vest. 
<laughs> Stinky Thunder Vest. All right. <laughs> Netflix pushed ahead this week with development on The Witcher. It's known for a while that Netflix was planning to develop a drama around The Witcher. I can't wait for this. Andrzej Sapkowski fantasy book series, whose popularity has exploded with the release of uh, CD Projekt Red's video game adaptations. What's new this week in Netflix commitment to a showrunner for The Witcher series? Uh, Variety reports that Lauren Schmidt, er, Hisrich, who's already written episodes for Marvel's Daredevil, laughing uh, and then the defenders <laughs> as well as served as co-executive producer for both shows has been tapped to adapt and executive produce the witcher for television important cool. question is this witcher wear a vest a used one okay yes fair enough one that's been recycled for your pleasure. The premise of the versatile story revolves around the culture of trained monster hunters who nurture superpowers that equip them to take on rare and powerful enemy monsters. Yeah. You know, I don't want to end with that story. I want to end with this story. Oh, okay. boy, end it. This is the story I want to end with. Ryan Reynolds has officially signed on to play Detective Pikachu. Oh, yeah, I heard about this. Detective Pikachu? Explain that to me. In, legend, in Legendary's new live-action film based on the Pokemon franchise. We talked of. Not yeah, like, yeah, like okay. Last week yeah, yeah. Before yeah, yeah, sure the new Pokemon movie's coming, yeah. it's going to be based on the video game Detective Pikachu. Ryan Reynolds is playing Pikachu. Okay, voicing it, or is he in a Pikachu suit? All right, going to get to that. Oh, good. I, I was wondering that. Oh, this is wonderful. He's in a Pikachu suit. Reynolds will star in the film alongside Justice Smith, who was in Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, and Catherine Newton, who was in Big Little Lies. The film will be directed by Rob Letterman, who did Goosebumps, will begin shooting in London this coming January. The current draft of the script, written by Alex Hirsch and Nicole Perlman, little is known of what the film's story is at this point. No kidding. But we do know that the father of Smith's character is kidnapped, which finds son joining forces with Pikachu in order to locate dad. Newton will play a sassy journalist who will aid them on the journey. Reynolds' performance will be done through motion capture. Detective Pikachu is described as, quote, a peculiar sort from the Pikachu set, a self-styled investigator who is good at finding things, unquote. Uh, Legendary's hoping it's going to make a lot of money because it's Pokemon. The game did all right in Japan, but that's Mm. because it's Pokemon. Did. It never came over here. It did come over here, but... Did Detective Pikachu say anything besides Pika? Pika, Pika, Pika. That's the question I have for this. That is the real question, isn't it? Mm. I mean, I I can kind of get behind a Ryan Reynolds just saying Pika for two hours. Like like, uh, Groot? Yes. Yeah. But a little more high-pitched and annoying. Mm -hmm. I didn't watch Pokemon. Mm -hmm. So answer me this question. When the Pokemon talk in their name language does their owner understand what they're saying ash ketchum sure or whoever's using yeah. them for their gore battles really I would say yeah so when when he's going pika 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 he's going oh yeah pikachu you said that yesterday and i disagree still no he's kind of guessing but he, he he guesses along like what he like what do you mean you don't what you don't want to go into the pokeball oh so it's kind of like glassy I guess. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Or like uh, in Buck Rogers and Tweaky, we go, Beatty. He's like, what did he say? You don't want to know. So he's going to point at things and go Pika, and that's how he's going to solve the, the case. 
can't wait. What can't you wait for? Write to us. Comments at UglyCouchShow.com. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact Jack Dandy. Maple Leaf Matt. And we'll poke you in the butt next week. Yo, Ooh, I don't know about that. Yeah, Pokemon so, you in the butt. So the, uh, there's a new update for the Pokemon Go game. Yes. And now weather affects uh, how hard it is to catch certain Pokemon. Like actual weather? Actual or weather. weather? Okay. Actual weather. Which, so, of course, it doesn't matter here in Vegas. It's, <laughs> well, if there's certain Pokemon that can be better caught in the rain. Right. I'm screwed. Makes, I, I can't catch any of them. Yeah. Yeah. Or the Snokemon. Yeah. Oh, Snokemon. Wow. Yeah. No hail. That's Mount not Charleston. Go up to Mount Charleston. Right. <laughs> all the fire Pokemon. You only catch them in California. No, no. Yeah. No, they're all here too. <laughs> I mean, the valley of uh, fire. There's a whole valley of fire. Yeah. There's a, yeah, yeah. But then, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was lame. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay, Andy. Yeah. We we you accept my lameness. <laughs> we we love well, you. It's, it's You're still here, right. aren't you? A weary <laughs> resignation. Uh, but, uh, real quick, um, Baron and Luthien, and the children of Hurin, H U R I N. Those no, are oh, the so two Hurin. Uh, okay, Hurin. Hurin. You got to stop all that Hurin. That's right. <laughs> Jimmy Poontang. Yeah. But those are the two books that they collect a lot of the older um, Tolkien stories okay. that are some of the more important myths relating to uh, Middle-earth. And I recommend those highly in terms of just as for something to read as a narrative story. So, so definitely go for that. Mystery solved. Go, teen gang. Yeah. Pokemon. Yeah. I mean, Pikachu. <laughs> we solved that one. We just solved that one. <laughs> Pokemon solve it. Yeah. What? Pika Pika. Now that it's solved, Jimmy Poutine, get him. Get him.